0: So back was a big one it was a doozy um well here let me I guess we'll just we'll just start <laughs> <laughs> we've got lots to talk about I don't even know where to begin but I think we'll just start with welcome to of the publishing persuasion Melanie and I are back I know um our listeners have just been chomping at the bit you know they have been begging us crying out where are you where are you Pub persuasion um nobody noticed i don't think
1: anybody no i think they did they were as you say they were pleading with the gods for us to return to their ear holes
0: (laughs) the gods heard your prayers we are back better than ever uh, after our almost month hiatus basically you know give or take but what a month it has been. I am here staring at Melanie Schubert in her new abode. She has moved her whole ass life to a new place. Uh, Melanie,
1: how are you? It's been so long. I know. I missed your face.
0: <laughs> I know. Me too. I missed my face as well. No, that was that was a terrible joke. I apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for that
1: that was terrible that was yeah
0: like, I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, I'm rusty
1: it's all right but it's like an ultimate dad joke so yeah it was yeah. the daddest of dad jokes maybe grandpa level <laughs>
0: yeah it was I'm i, I am so sorry And <laughs> <laughs> how are you
1: yeah good I it has been wild like I think yeah the last time we talked I still didn't even know if we were going to get this place like I feel like this week is the first week like my kind of emotions and the whirlwind of it all is beginning to settle because it was pretty dramatic the way we were evicted from our last apartment and we were not planning to buy an apartment we weren't planning to move like we'd only been at that place for like a year so it's been wild (laughs) it's been wild but it has resulted to somehow winding up in the apartment of my dreams in like and like Australia is not that old this is the thing like the area we live in some of these buildings are like they're like heritage listed our building is going to be 100 in 2030 and um, like it's always been a dream of mine to old to own like something like that something with a bit of history something with you know like our taps are falling off the thing and like there's (laughs) stuff that needs to be done it is old and like the previous owner i don't think she did much upkeep like it's but we've got a working fireplace there's like all the like i when we lit the fireplace, it blew my mind because we've lived in apartments long enough that you just don't feel like you should be able to light a fire in your house. <laughs>
0: yes, it's sexy. Your apartment is sexy. Like the the crown, like the molding up on your ceilings.
1: It's still my So heart.
0: beautiful. Like the details, you can't get that now. Like it is magic. And the tree outside your window the little bistros like this little coffee shop just down the road
1: it's so magic the coffee shop from my window and and just like all the other houses all the other apartments around us are the same some of them are even more extravagant with the facades like they really look from like little europe or something so honestly it's just a bit of a dream like
0: She's bougie now. She's bougie. She's living in the luxury. She's got her own fireplace, a fancy chair she's sitting on. Who is this woman?
1: (laughs) I do feel a bit more grown up having a, owning a home. I will say that's a surprise to me.
0: (laughs) No, it just honestly, like it just made me so freaking happy. Like every picture you post about your place, like, makes me jealous because it really is so magical and perfect and I just love it so much I love it for you guys and Goose of course I
1: feel like I'm living in a Studio Ghibli film and that is a a life goal of mine so do you feel
0: like your inspiration like do you feel I know it's been a wild like couple weeks but have you been writing I mean do you feel inspired how is How is everything with writing? Let me just talk about you for a little bit. Let's just dig in. How is writing?
1: (laughs) You know, it was pretty shit for about a a week ago. I was like having such an emo moment. And I think it was still when the emotion of everything really felt high and like, fuck querying's is a beast. You know, like it's just so much waiting. So, so much waiting. And and I think all that waiting makes you doubt that you ever wrote something good. You know, it makes mm. you yeah. It makes you wonder if it's always going to be waiting. I think that's quite a common feeling on querying and submission. So I was just kind of in one of the low points of that. And I was just like, I was just like, how? Like, I kind of just like rode that wave a little. I think I'm really good at cheerleading myself and be like, now nah, go on, write another book. Don't sit there and wallow. But... Yeah we had so much going on. I was like, fuck it. Like I'm tired. I've been working full time doing this for years and I haven't really taken a break. Not really. Yeah. I've always yeah. been eating something. I've always been writing something. I was like, fuck it. I sat in my hotel because we were in a hotel between the moon yes, and I just yes. binge watched RuPaul's and I just like literally did you know that holiday, like when you're like bored on a holiday, I just like stared at the walls and watched the clouds flow past. And I think I needed it because this week as the kind of emotions settle and whatever, and there, it does inspire me being this area. It always has. I used to come to the cafes around here to be inspired, to write in the cafes. And now I can go sit on my balcony and watch that area myself. And yes. as it kind of settles in and I'm like, this is a kind of big magic too. Like we made this happen to move into this little place, you know. And and yeah, the last couple of days I, I just woke up on the weekend and I was like, Phil was still sleeping and I was like, you know, I've been in my lull of not writing. So I was like, I wasn't even thinking about it. But I woke up and I was like, I want to write. Like, it just hit me like, oh, I need to write. And so I went. So, yeah, the last couple of days I've been plucking away at Swamp Princess at my revisions for it from Linda, which are so on point. I'm so glad I pushed to draft that. You know how we draft race for those, that stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm so fucking glad we did it back then because I wouldn't have had the bandwidth to push those drafts out in this space, but having that draft already there and just plucking away at Linda's feedback. I feel excited. So I'm reworking the intro. I might share a little snippet later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, Honestly, I I just, the little bit I've read, it's going to just be perfect, I think.
1: So that's it. I'm going to, she's back to, I had my little womp womp moment and, and it's enough for me. Now it's back to work, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, everybody needs a womp womp. Yeah. Everybody deserves it. And I love that you just took the time to just sit and watch the clouds during that like yeah. transition. And it's funny. Cause like, even when you're on vacation, sometimes you don't actually relax mm. and you're, you know, you're off of work. Like you should be relaxing, but you're like, no, I got to get all this stuff in while I'm not working. Huh. And so to take that time and just rest for once in your life, I think is beautiful. And just watch all the, the RuPaul reruns and yeah. all of it. Yeah. We need, what we that need it for good? sure. That was in a,
1: that was a good, decent rant. You know, I can, just, <laughs> I'm like a wind up doll, especially when I've had coffee. I want to now there's so much, there is so much exciting things. We haven't had a chance to crow about on here yet. So, yeah. well, you start where you want to start. <laughs> How are you, my? I dad? don't
0: even. I'm. F- I am fine. That's how I am. I'm just fine. No, I'm good. That good. That I'm good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um. Yeah. This month has been so wild too because I got my revisions, my edit letter, you know, back for um my editor for my second book, yeah. and so that um has just been it's just been nuts because I've been working full-time and then also trying to revise like speed through it um because I have like a month deadline so this month has just been just nuts I wake
1: up time as well yeah
0: yeah, so I I've been waking up like at 5 30 or 6 and I'll work on revisions until I until I can't anymore um so which is like till about eight and then I go to, you know, I work, which luckily I work from home. So it's fine, That's but cool. I work. And then as soon as I finished working, I was back to revising till like 10 at night. So I've just been, this month has just been my, like my brain is mush, but I feel very good. Um, like where we're at or where the book is going, it's changed, but it's still like, it's still good. So, oh, and we revealed the title, which is. A cruel thirst by Angela Montoya. Um yeah, so that was the title. Thank you.
1: A cruel thirst. In case A Cruel Thirst. Yes. A cruel (laughs) thirst. I'm so thirsty for it now. (laughs) Too far. No,
0: it was perfect. It was perfect it's the yeah. only way i can say it like you can't say the book just be like oh yeah i wrote this young adult <laughs> fantasy called a cruel thirst no you're like i wrote a cruel thirst like that it feels <laughs>
1: thank you
0: yeah so, so i've just been working on that
1: huh is there a lot of like core changes or it's just
0: yes melanie <laughs>
1: No, my babies <laughs> no no like the, the who
0: they are uh who Lalo and Carolina are like they stayed. they are absolutely like they were who everybody loved which is perfect mm-hmm. um it's just more like kind of the lore and I overcome like I wrote I put every trope everything <laughs> I could think of into this book and so it's just like let's pull it back a little like how about instead of 20 things let's just make it let's just start with 10 how about that and I was like okay fine so um so yeah working on the lore and you know the pacing that kind of stuff but I feel really good about where it's gonna go um, I'm still really excited about it uh we'll see we'll see i'm almost there i've like i've finished now i'm just going to go through and add more world building stuff i cut like 10,000 words um so so your girl has been working she's yeah. been busy and um i've i went through my final pass of sinner's isle like, like a week or two ago um I know. Yeah, like that I, I'm pretty sure it's it. So we're we're done with Center's Isle. It's off to the printers. Everything.
1: It's off to the um, stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna ball. <laughs> I'm <serious. laughs> ah speaking of which, you do not you're not even ready for if I, I have a little plan for your debut, something I wanna do. If I put whether or not it works or not. You're not even ready for what I'm going to do for your debut. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: oh, I am excited now. Are you going to like hire a pirate ship and sail over here?
1: <laughs> oh, well, fuck no. It's not that exciting. <laughs> well, it, it definitely. we. It's in line with the promise we made to each other in Pitch Wars, if you can remember. Oh. It's in line with that, but oh. not quite exactly that but it's in the it's in the realm that's all I'll okay. say
0: okay I can't wait well I have three months to go so yeah, so I have to be
1: prepared
0: <laughs> you do get ready I cannot wait
1: well I'm so uh, proud of you. and just back to what you're saying before we were just talking about this in our interview because I think that that ability what you're doing now is actually what makes you the kind of person who's going to be able to stick in this long term as a career in traditional publishing because anyone can write a book but to rewrite a book and to rewrite it based on the feedback given by an editor and to twist and pivot and to take your characters that you've lovingly crafted and to have that like humility as well like I trust my editor's going to be trying to polish this to the best version it can be. You know? And yeah. I think that that's, it takes a lot. I think it takes a lot as a person, not just as a writer. Like, you literally have to shift and expand your, like, self awareness as a person, mm. that stuff. And
0: um, yeah, no, that's shit. It's true, though. And I think. <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> i just Not sigh it. into that uh no but it's true and i i Well, what did you drop what did you drop
1: i put the cup back where it was before and i kicked it again <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're doomed I'm sorry sorry the mug of our faces is doomed i'm leaving it where it is <sighs> yes stay there no uh no i was just saying like i it's always really interesting to, you feel like when you're through like in revisions and you've gotten these letters, like I can't do anymore. I cannot like expand anymore. There's nothing left in me. I, I did everything I could with this, this draft I gave you. How can I, how can I give you what you want or do better? Mm. And I think there's always that you, you know, you get the letter and you're reading what kind of notes your editor has and ideas. And it's always this initial, like, you know, like dousing of cold water of, I can't, I can't do this. There's no way. And, um, but I've had those feelings before every single time I've gotten an edit letter, I've had that feeling. So it's this constant reminder of, I've done this before. Mm. I came out of it.
1: Oh, you're giving me notes you're giving well, me you uh, good I'm glad and it's yeah. like weird synchro destiny I just saved a real you know the actor who plays George Costanza on Seinfeld there's a real yeah. he was talking to a bunch of musicians and he's like when you reach it's like re- I'm having chills just remembering I'm probably going to wreck it but it's like when you reach that wall where you're like I can't I actually can't do what's being asked of me it's like be gentle to yourself when you reach that wall, because you probably can't with your existing tools. And what mm-hmm. you have done is reach the point where your craft is demanding your growth to be mm-hmm. able to reach that next level. He's like, So when you reach that wall, be gentle with yourself because you are learning something you have never done before.
0: Oh, yes yes that
1: right like it's literally like I think it's similar to what's like I've been thinking like learning kind of in therapy like looking back on past situations and my therapist is always like be gentle with yourself you did the best you could with the tools you had then in that situation you didn't know what you know now so how could you have done better then when no one taught you you know so it's Mm. like it just like literally felt. Can't believe I saw that reel. And you're literally saying these like it. It is that, eh? Yes. You have To like re build yourself, you have to like learn a new skill, and that's maybe why it feels impossible. Because with with the current level that we are at, when we receive that, if it, it is maybe, and you like rework yourself as a person to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're it's the truth. You're the biggest baddie of them all. That's what I mean. Like we've just got to be kinder to ourselves because things we're doing, like if you actually stop and look back and think about it. It's like I'm reels on my life, right? I most most of my quotes are from Reels these days, but like one of the recent ones that keeps coming in my feed is like at least like a bunch of stuff that is normal to you now was only like a dream at one point Mm -hmm. at least a few of your dreams from when you were younger you know
0: dang no that's it like even with the house like your house your apartment like it's the truth you would go by and be like ah wouldn't that be nice and now here you are yeah that's the truth right there and I feel like if you are so stuck sometimes like because I my brain after hours of revising like she couldn't do anymore And so taking a break and just going and watching a good show or a bad show or anything and getting inspiration, like pulling from a good book or or anything, like it kind of feeds you a little bit more like, Ooh, okay. I like how that made me feel. Let me see if I can replicate that somehow. And so, um, that's what I've just been doing. I've been writing and then as soon as I'm done, I've been watching Outlander and it's been so good. I love Outlander so
1: much. That's smart, though, what you've said. I think for that reason, I've been rewatching all the Studio Ghibli stuff because for me, yeah. like a core part of like what's in my heart, like when I think about like the world and like the vibe the the emotions and stuff I want to hit in my writing it always comes back to some of those works and yes just been binging it and it's been food for the soul like it's it just reminds you of how you want your books to feel Mm -hmm. so smart to watch stuff like that yeah and
0: also also like the nostalgia of it like yeah every time i hear the opening song for outlander i just get i just go back to like the first time i watched it like however many years ago that was and then i start thinking of like when i started reading outlander how many years ago that was and, and where Isn't i was it in life oh well. yes oh i oh girl i've read them i have read them um but like when I did read them way back in the day, I wasn't a writer. I hadn't even thought that was a thing for me to do. And so like watching Outlander just is like this. It just makes me like giddy because it it reminds me of how far I've also come. Yeah. And then watching these characters like age and do all these things. And, the, and I'm just like, good writing. Mm. I, I think it's just like this perfect blend of like reminding myself where I was and then also just plain old good good writing a good show
1: stories that move you that's it right there like even though we didn't know those for you that and for me like Studio Ghibli those things were inspiring us creatively very early I think because of how it makes you feel and it's so yeah powerful storytelling you can just and every like I know what you mean about like thinking about where you were when you watch it because every time I watch them, I see something different and you kind of remember who you were when you watched it last time and what you noticed mm-hmm. then and how it made you feel or what it woke up in your – like even when we were talking in the interview and she was saying like how those things that like – oh, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. <laughs>
0: It was so good. It just flew out of you. It was
1: such a it good trip. I was such an ADHD moment to the max. <laughs> I can't not, for the life of me, it was good. But anyway, it was.
0: I'm sure it was amazing.
1: It's <laughs> good, there's so much I want to ask you about because I feel like we haven't had a chance to crow about certain things about Sinner's Isle on here yet, have we? Oh, I don't know. Things happen. Have we crowed about? Italy and Spain, my friend. I don't know. We probably haven't, have what we? Do we have. Let's crow. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, how do we crow? Like, are you? I just did a thing. I don't know. What okay, I that... <laughs> was more of a turkey gobble than a crow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> we'll do turkey gobbles to <laughs> celebrate our Cool, <crow, laughs> cool. <and> I... <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: so scary (laughs) yeah, yeah no sinner's isle is going across the ocean um yes we italy it's she is getting translated into italian and then into spanish and so it's a dream come true it's the coolest thing ever and as soon as I as soon as I learned that um like Ital- it, it's it's Harper Collins Italy okay um as soon as I knew as soon as I knew there was interest I started watching so many Italian shows <laughs> like for some reason I was like oh I don't know why I was like I gotta get to know my my people you know
1: <laughs> I don't know I love that for you so much. I do that too when I've like gotten excited about something. I want to know about those people and like know. Yeah,
0: I want to know. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to know about Italian culture, I what do you watch? I've watched two shows, so I'm officially an expert. Uh, um, I watched Baby, which was like a it was a series. It's really dark, actually. It was like kind of like about a 16 year old girl who becomes an escort (laughs) um yeah (laughs) but but it was like all about wealth and like kind of like what kids do when parents don't care kind of a thing you know so and then I watched another show called summer summertime I think is what it was called but anyway so (laughs) so I'm an expert um
1: I feel like I can't remember the name but I think I have a good Italian one for you. I just have to find it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can
0: send them a copy. Oh well, they'll have it there. Never mind. She'll be printed in Italian, so.
1: Yeah, she will. Uh, yeah, be- so I don't have to send
0: them. I don't have to send them anything. <laughs> maybe they'll send me something, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, so
1: so you know, it, it will probably will it be like new cover art situation or I have no clue.
0: I have no freaking clue. Yes. I don't know what's happening, but I just know what's happening.
1: So, yeah, I'm excited if there's going to be more Cinezyle covers. Yes. Oh, actually, there will. I think
0: she's going to be in like a, a small like book box. Nothing like, you know, but small and they're going to redo a cover.
1: going to be uh, after you're
0: in it. Well, sure, <laughs> of course, absolutely, yes, yes. We're gonna blow it up. Oh, um, no, yeah. It's
1: really dirty. It's gonna be <laughs> pure in it. It's
0: true. It's true. Yes,
1: <laughs> exciting.
0: Yes, I don't know what else is happening, but um, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is happening in How my life, but it's happening.
1: The, about the. <laughs> going to other countries
0: oh that's the coolest thing ever i mean i shit i think it's just the coolest
1: i'm gonna need <laughs> one to... in every edition it comes out in yeah me too
0: yeah. damn it we'll have to go to italy and you know i speak the language now um yeah you would,
1: I, after yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's the, it's just the coolest thing, honestly. I mean, I, it's a dream to be, I mean, pfft, shit. I, it's I what, always hoped, but I didn't expect, you know.
1: How will, will, um, is it still being pitched to other countries as well? Like, I don't know how that all works behind the scenes. Yeah. Is I it think it of,
0: just, it's a continual yeah. situation maybe, you oh. know, I know they do like, um, they have like, uh, conferences in different countries where they do pitches like with agencies foreign agencies all get together and they pitch to editors and stuff houses um I think they do that you know once a year in Bologna and then somewhere else so you know there's there's always things happening Bologna? I don't know where is that what is it did I say what
1: is it Bologna dude
0: Melanie do you think I know
1: do you think I freaking know
0: what it's called?
1: Words that you can't pronounce. I oh, okay, okay, words. hold
0: on. I know where you're going with this. I freaking, you I freaking <laughs> knew you were going to go with this. Listen, listeners, let me grab my mic. Listen, Melanie Schubert thinks you
1: say emu, emu, right? Is that how you say emu? emu? I'd like to take over the conversation at this point. No, no, you don't
0: get to talk because you are so judgy about how I.
1: (laughs) This is an Australian bird called the emu. Now it has reached Australia's wrong. Australia's wrong. You know this has been killing me because when in we were in our snoop caddy, snoop caddy, snoop kitty chat the other day, I honestly thought you and Para were taking the piss. Because I remember when I was a kid watching an episode of The Simpsons and they were like saying emu. Homer was like emu, emu. And I was just like cackling because I thought it was a joke. Then these bitches in our chat are like, oh yeah, something, something, emu. Oh, Para had a bunch of emus. (laughs) See, she's an expert. She knows. (laughs) I can't. Can you please say it again for me? (laughs) Emu. I cannot get over it. I, every time I think about you two talking about emus in the chat, I cackle to myself. Just remembering the story of Para having like, what well, she had like an emu farm and then they made all yeah. out of them. <laughs> They culled the poor bastards. What is she like? She told her dad she liked emus and he bought a farm of them. <laughs>
0: Why not? You know, why
1: not? You got too many, and they made oil. Okay, hold on.
0: Let me. Okay, emu, 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 emu. That's stupid. That's stupid.
1: (laughs) You don't think emu with it sounds way more stupid? (laughs) Okay. Well,
0: now that you say it like that, you don't. Yes, it it does.
1: Don't even look at me. You don't have chicken salt. Poor Like America at this point, what even is it as a country? We have Red 40,
0: Melanie. Do you know what that is? It is a dye that Mm -hmm. also probably
1: gives you cancer, but it makes things taste good. Well, I hope you know I'm working on a chicken salt care package for you. <laughs> you keep your stupid chicken salt chips. No. And I'll
0: it will take the emus. You, <laughs> I mean you
1: can try.
0: <laughs> Emu. Okay, it makes sense. It honestly makes sense. Emu makes sense. Emu. It's a dumb it's who who where where did those come from? Of like how did
1: those because the vowel says its name
0: because it's got
1: another okay okay Um,
0: doc dr Mm -hmm. melanie (laughs) you have a you (laughs) have a freaking phd in enunciation
1: (laughs) it's the only rule i know (laughs) (laughs) moving on (laughs) we
0: apparently we're gonna take all the time up to argue about this dumb giant chicken
1: and I love that journey for us. We should yeah. probably read the bio. Do you want to read? It or do you want me? to Sure,
0: read it? I'll, I'll read. That's fine. Let me get my mic again. <clears throat> Actually, no, I won't. So you can hear me fiddling. All right, let let us do the bio for this amazing, amazing author that we were lucky enough to have on. It was chaos in the very best way. Um, I'm going to introduce Jay. J.L. is the New York Times indie best-selling and award-winning author of multiple books, including Against the Tide, an original prequel tie-in to The Little Mermaid live-action film. Her debut duology, Wings of Ebony, dubbed an incredible debut by NPR and Best Fantasy Book by PopSugar, was a 2022 NAACP Image Award nominee for Outstanding Literary Work for Youth and Teens. An Amazon Editors' Pick for Best Science Fiction and Fantasy, a Barnes and Noble YA Book Club Pick, a First Novelist Black Caucus American Library Association Honor Book, and sorry, Melanie, shut up, Melanie, <laughs> shut up. And what what did I say wrong? What did I say wrong? It's nothing.
1: I'm just like it's such a long <laughs> sentence. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm
0: dying here, Melanie. <laughs> i couldn't let me breathe let me breathe any and and melanie the recipient of a kirkus starred review uh her forthcoming blockbuster fantasy romance trilogy house of marion is being translated into nine languages across five continents the former educator credits her nomadic lifestyle and humble inner city beginnings as inspiration for her novels, when she's not writing, Elle can be found on the hunt for desserts without chocolate, drowning herself in Regency romance reads and shows, and looking for any excuse to wear a tiara. Wow.
1: She did wear one in our interview, and she it was
0: it, She earned that tiara. She, she, she belongs is a- in that tiara.
1: Yes she really does it was such an honor to chat with her I felt my soul was refreshed after that and um now that bias just triggered my memory because speaking of Kirkus stars yes. that I knew there was more I needed a list but we got there in the end because I I believe I know another person who's a recipient of a Kirkus star which I saw you light up because you now realize it's a, it's a thing. Like it is a, it's a big thing. <laughs> it is a reputable yes. thing. It's not just, it's Kirkus thing. are known for giving like bad reviews. Like they don't mince oh, their word. Yeah. just They didn't like it. They didn't like it. So to get a Kirkus mm-hmm. star.
0: Well, damn listeners. I, it's not official yet, but
1: oh, somebody, shit.
0: no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're fine somebody talking right now somebody whose voice is like honey (laughs) received (laughs) received
1: a kirkus star review it's me (laughs) it is you and it's well deserved and it really is a big cause for celebration and i think (laughs) if you were worried about any how it's going to be received or whatever like that that is one of the big you've done a big hurdle of how it's going to be received by the general public and the general publishing world like that's you can Very cool. It, you can on that now. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's where I'm going to start. Uh I'm going to mimic what JL has in her bio. I'm going to put that
1: too. You should. And for your debut, it's a huge deal. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yay!
0: well let's get jl on because you guys don't want to miss everything she has to say
2: yes she is thank you guys so much
0: oh Um, the lipstick though okay you know what it was worth the wait i
2: needed to find it it's like the red and then there's like a light pink on the inside
0: i yeah no it. it was worth it it was worth it for sure
1: Wow. It Does it just come out like that? Or did you do that? That's- no. So I, I line it with
2: brown, then I line it with red lipstick, and then I put a light like beige on the inside. Ooh. Somebody did this to my face and I was like, ooh, I'm stealing that. Like, I'm not this smart. No, not at all.
0: Well, good <laughs> on you for stealing it because it is seriously a look. Like, it's perfect.
1: Yeah. Well, welcome and- to the show. <laughs> right. We all got this don't run away
2: <laughs> thank you so much I feel like it was a struggle to get here for me but I uh, here I am I'm I'm so grateful for how flexible you guys have been
0: no we're grateful and I feel like we're closer for it you know this has been a fun adventure to get here
2: <laughs> <laughs> it really has it really has um yeah. that just means it's gonna be worth the wait though I'm excited I I um peeked at your questions ahead of time and I love them um, so, Good. anyway, I'm very yeah. excited to chat.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. Um, let's start right from the beginning. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you always want to be an author?
2: Uh, I love this question because my answer is always sort of out of the box. And so I'll say no, because I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. I think I thought books just kind of appeared out of nowhere um I never really imagined that being a writer was a real job um alas I'm a full-time author a mom of three and a parent zookeeper because I can't seem to not take in an animal that I find on the street we have four pets um but before writing gosh it's it's like what did I do before writing who was I before words um before writing I used to work in politics actually as a legislative aide. Because education policy was something I wanted to revolutionize.
0: Mm.
2: Um, but I eventually diverted from that and became a school administrator. Still the thread of uh, of education. I was also a teacher for a while. Then I threw all those plans out the window and decided to lean into my creative impulses. I ran a wedding photography company in Southern California for many years until I sold my first book and it became very hard to manage all these photographers shooting weddings in different places and like editing and client management. So I closed that down to focus on my author career after I sold my debut. So I'm sort of a jack of all trades, but a master of none,
1: perhaps. So I don't know. Or a master oh. of all by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> Could be. That, well, it sounds like you've just always been a creative in some mm. sort of way. Were you always writing? Like even when you were little, just like little things or did it just kind of come to you? later on you
2: know i was always a reader Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but i didn't really write um Mm -hmm. i remember once i was teaching at a summer program in college and i was obsessed with sex in the city and so i will never forget we had come together for this like month-long program and i decided to like circulate these diary style sex in the city like I don't know what I was thinking, but like these diary style, like sex in the city newsletters and I would circulate them around the different staff. And it was just like the internal gossip column. I don't know. I'm thinking I've never actually shared this out loud. Now that I think about it, I haven't even remembered this until now. I don't know (laughs) what I was thinking, but I was just so tickled. Um, it was so entertaining and like they, they would all just circulate. And this was like before I feel like texting still wasn't like this big thing. Social media, certainly. It was like the the beginning of Facebook, to date myself a little bit. So we were literally passing along like an emailed version or like a printed copy that had been snipped into like a little um, like column-sized piece of paper, and we were passing that around. It was hilarious. But no, I never really imagined that I would be a writer. I always loved stories. I always told stories through pictures. Um, I studied some photojournalism in college through actual journalism I was I did broadcast journalism college I did print journalism so storytelling in general I think has always been a passion of mine but I had never really thought to marry my love of books with my love of story until I had a story in my head that I just couldn't get out of my head (laughs) and that's how how we got here
1: I love that so much and was that your debut the story you just could get out of your head Yes,
2: well yes and no. I usually say my debut novel is my first book because it was the first time I was actually writing a book with like being aware of the fact that I was writing a book. The previous story that I dabbled in, I wouldn't really call a story. It was more of a smattering of it was me trying to figure out what is a character and how do you give them personality and like what is a dialogue tag? It was just, I don't know. So I one day I'll go back and read those pages, but eventually yes, I I um an idea popped in my head, and from that idea, I just wanted to understand. It was an image, actually, not an idea. I wanted to understand more about that image, so I just kind of started exploring by typing just to see what came out, and then in about 35 days, I had a manuscript, which was a mess, but I had a manuscript, <laughs> oh. and I had no idea like what that was, or it was just bizarro. I, it's just like it vomited out of me. I can I have no explanation for it. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, I fell in love with the, the idea of storytelling. And once you finish one book, I feel like it's very contagious. You're like, Ooh, I can do this again. So.
0: Yes. Sounds like the universe was giving you a, a little, little nudge, a little gentle. Clearly
2: like a, sh- a huge shove it. in the back yeah. or I, like trip over my feet. Yeah. I kind of like that.
0: Yeah. And then you <laughs> had no choice. You had to keep going. That's. That is so cool. So after you wrote that, like what was the process from writing this book to getting it published? I mean, how was querying the whole shebang?
2: Sure. So it started with a tweet. Um, I'd had an idea, like I said, for a story, but no like practical, practical experience writing other than what I'd studied in college, you know, as a part of my journalism program, which isn't, which isn't exactly the same. Um, Eventually I just decided to give it a go and what I did is enter this sort of writing pitch contest, I guess I would call it, that I don't think exists anymore. But that particular year, I I believe it was 2018, September of 2018, I tweeted a single pitch, like a sentence um, for my book and it went viral. And that particular, uh, um, I, I wouldn't call it a contest, that particular like program, if you will, publishers knew to expect authors to be coming to social media to pitch. So publishing professionals, editors, agents, they planned to be on social media that day. I believe I saw the, the program's hashtag trending. There were over 30,000 tweets at one point. So publishers were like filtering through all of these tweets and the ones that they were interested in, they were heart like they were liking with a heart or they would retweet it. Um, and so from there, because my my pitch went viral and it was so well loved, I then started to query. And so I think my journey was a little different from um, some of my friends. (laughs) Because like, for example, querying later in an author career is much different than the first go. But like, if we're talking about the first time around, I do think I still had a leg up because of that tweet. I mean, what I hear from the query trenches nowadays is just how long response times are. You know, and just how there's just so much unknown. So I feel very, very fortunate that it went the way that it went. Um, Because when I did start querying, um, I did get responses pretty quickly. Now, to be clear, um, I did get tons of rejections despite the popularity of my pitch. One agent flat out told me I just wasn't there yet. Um, And so she was passing. Um, But three agents decided to take a chance on me and they offered to represent me. And I was fortunate enough to have a pick among the three. Um, and I guess the submission process, again, that's different too, after the first time. But like, if we're looking at the first time I was on sub with my very first books, when you're like holding your breath trying to figure out am I actually going to be a published author? No pressure. Um, it's <laughs> it was, it was, you know, I still feel like I was pretty fortunate because of the notoriety of my pitch, there were editors who were waiting to see it. And so when it arrived in their inbox, they prioritized reading it again, lots of rejection. They <laughs> got to it quickly and I feel like the waiting is like the hardest part. It's like tell me no, but like don't make me wait 9 months for a no. Like it's just, you know. So mm. by about month 3, which is is still pretty quick, I received a an uh, an R&R from a from a big 5 publisher and we did a call and she basically was saying I love the voice. I love your st- your ability to engage the reader in tension, but this is reading Angel Demon Z and that's just not selling right now. And so she didn't say it that way, but that is in a nutshell what she was saying. And so she's like, I'm asking you to revise, but I'm asking you kind of like to upend your entire magic system and like come up with a different like vignette. And I understand if you don't want to do that, but I just wanted, you to know, I believe in the story and I believe you have talent. And so I was like, okay. And it took me about three weeks, like pulling my hair out to figure out how to change it because- that was changing how my characters traveled. It was changing just everything. I was basically ripping the bones out of my story. And so the only thing that stayed the same in my story was that tweet, like the heart of it. I wow. started over completely. And in a week I wrote the first act. So the first like 55, 60 pages um, as a revision. And because the editor had given us an exclu- a non-exclusive R&R because she knew it was a big ask. So she she didn't feel like it was fair to say, and you can only send it back to me we went back out with it to everyone who hadn't responded yet and said, we've completely upended this. We've, we've changed the magic system, but the voice and heart are the same. And we had an offer, multiple offers within weeks.
1: Wow. How did that feel when you were reconstructing it? Did you feel like closer to the story or further from the story or probably a mixture of both as you did it? But I imagine it was quite like intense feelings as you shifted it so much and I think it's like actually a talent really that great storytellers have it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately that if you want to do this professionally I'm actually like really excited and blown away by what you've said because yeah like your ability to take uh existing story you wrote and completely rework it but it's now yours again I think that's really amazing
2: thank you thank you it was a very stress time. I mean, you just know that, the, I mean, Angela, you, you are an incredible writer. Um, Thanks. I, <laughs> I just think there's so much pressure we put on ourselves. And it's like, even if we know we have something good, it's hard to not crave the external validation and submission is like the epitome of external validation because the, the reality is, and what I will tell aspiring authors and writers all the time is like good books get passed on all the time the rejection in publishing is not about whether or not you're a good writer it's whether or not they have a vision to market it on their specific list according to their specific priorities and that's so subjective you know and so I know that it doesn't make it feel better and at the time I just didn't have the foresight to see that so yes I was excited Mel to like have the opportunity but I was also like Gosh, I don't know how much I slept in that month because it was like three weeks of just brainstorming. And I'm a person who comes with comes up with ideas quickly, mm-hmm. so the fact that it took me three weeks to even come up with a plan had me stressed. I want to say I was like living on ice cream and wine those three weeks, just trying to like wrap my head around, can I do this? Oh, there's a puppy in my yard.
0: Oh, okay. better get it while you can. It's get expensive. it while you can. not <laughs>
2: Add it to the collection. <laughs> like, what is even happening? Okay. I saw, anyway. I
0: saw your eyes light up. I was like, I oh, that puppy is it's done. It's a
2: pretty dog, too. <laughs> Why does this keep happening to me? I feel like they seek me out anyway. I think so. so. <laughs> they must. But anyway, so I felt this pressure to, like, get it right. And then the other part of it, too, is, like, I was changing so much of the story. So there were two sort of prevailing feelings. One was... I am gutting all the work I just did. And like, what did I do? Just waste my time. So there was a part of me that felt like, oh no. But then there was another part of me that recognized every single time I revise this book, any book, any story, it gets better and better and better. And so while this is different, I can see the improvement in like my writing. I could see places where the voice was just stronger, where my ability to put the reader in the scene was just so much sharper, all because I'm just coming back to it again. It had been three months. So I was revising and revising. And so it was kind of a bittersweet feeling. I'm like, I'm doing this and nothing could come of it but at the very least I can feel myself like growing in skill. Mm. And so I don't know. It was a, it was a weird, complex time of lots of emotions. And I will never forget when it went back out. I just told myself, like, if all of that was for nothing, I don't know if I can do this. And so, yeah, that's, Apparently it was, you know, worth it
0: it was worth it it was worth it and beautiful it's you're honestly like speaking to my soul right now because I'm in the like throes of um my revisions for my second book and I mean second books are uniquely
2: hard yes that's what I kept
0: hearing and I was like oh no I got this I have got this. And then I got my edit let back and I was like, I actually didn't have it apparently. And <laughs> so now I'm like in the middle, the thick of revising, but as I'm like kind of trudging my way through, I feel so much like closer. And and I feel like the story has already improved. I know there's still a ways to go, but like each time we dig in a little bit more and like give our brains this, like this opportunity to expand, um, things weirdly just work sometimes. And it's really, really cool and fun and, and terrible all at once, but it works out at the end. And it really worked out for you because, you know, here we are talking about your, your next book that's coming, um, which I am so excited for. I think the world is excited because I have seen so much, uh, you know, just like excitement about this book and, um, Let's get into talking about it because it just sounds perfect in every way. Is it a trilogy? Part of a trilogy? It,
2: it is currently three books as planned, but as I like to say, I am flexible.
0: Okay. I love hearing that.
2: <laughs> Have it, you read it, it by the, House the
0: way? Of no, yes. I haven't. Have you read it? I got okay. denied on. I got denied on freaking NetGalley. What?
2: No, okay. No. I I'll get you. I will get what well, after this. I'll get you a copy. Like, there's. Thank yes. you. We need to be reading. Yeah,
0: I was devastated. I was like, No, I'm you, sorry. You know how much I need this, but yeah. If um... it helps,
2: they're like automated. They're not automated responses, but they're not like deeply like they don't look very close. Like anyway, I've looked into this before. And I just want you to know it's nothing personal
0: they okay, didn't say
2: we don't good. like her no no it's not like that <laughs> they literally are looking at just like kind of like um the profile and like how many books you review and so they don't look yeah, as that's, as they yeah all right
0: That no so I mean you it make makes sense, sense. My, but thank we you. are gonna get I you an art
2: we are gonna get <laughs> you an <in laughs> <you in> art <laughs> I done it. and done I was devastated. yeah well
0: tell us the, like about it and what it's about give us a little hint about the action
2: sure okay so House of Marion is is like Game of Thrones meets Succession with T.R.s and pretty dresses. Um, that's yeah. probably the funnest way to explain it. I read a lot of adult fantasy, but I also read a lot of YA fantasy and I love fantasy that kind of teeters the line of that space. I think some of my favorite um, romanticy authors do that really, really well. So House of Marianne follows 17-year-old Kel, who's been on the run from a secret society because of the forbidden dark magic that she has. But when she's almost caught by an assassin hunting her, she runs to one of the tra- the training schools for proper magic. She wants to master this proper form of magic uh, in order to bury her dark magic forever. Only her dark magic is determined to not be snuffed out, and she might be Totally is. Falling in love with an assassin in training from a rival house.
1: Okay. Thank you. That sounds (laughs) legendary.
2: (laughs) I'm really enthralled by it. I'm so excited to have had the opportunity to write it. That alone has just been the dream is like to really just write a world that I'm utterly in love with. Um mm. it's like candy and I I know that that's not always the case and publishing it hasn't always been the case for me with my books and so I'm just really grateful that I get to I get to do it that I get to do it for at least three books, maybe more.
0: Oh, my gosh, that is so freaking exciting. It just makes me so happy to hear. Did now did the inspiration come from, you know, your favorite shows and books or what how did this come to be?
2: So the it started with the idea of a tiara growing out of someone's skull. Um,
0: I of just, course, once, sure.
2: <laughs> once, this one is not growing out of my skull. Don't be concerned. Um, but once I saw that in my head, I just couldn't like, I couldn't forget that image. It's very visceral. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't get the juxtaposition of beauty and darkness out of my head. And so from there, I began to think about well, I want there to be a central love story because, you know, kissing, who doesn't love that? And I just knew that I wanted to do like an enemies to lovers story because I like the complexity of emotions in that sort of, um, in those sort of stories and situations. And so I knew, okay, TRs are going to grow out of someone's goal. It's going to be beautiful and it's going to be dark and there's going to be an enemies to lovers. The third component that kind of came to me very early in the process was I wanted very complex gray characters There are no perfect choices in life and the characters that stick with me the longest in stories that I love are the ones who wrestle with that idea that there are no perfect choices. And so just playing with like icky morally grayness just makes me so excited. It makes my heart like leap for joy. So like to go back to my comps, Tyrion Lannister um, is someone who... Uh, by the end of the series, the Game of Thrones series, I was like, okay, you've grown on me a bit. I was really annoyed with Tyrion in book one. I was like, no one wants to read your chapters, go away, go back to the dragon girl. Um, <laughs> yes. But by the end, I was like, oh my gosh, Tyrion is so clever. And so I just, I just love that. And um, to another example is Kendall and Roman Roy and even Shiv Roy from Succession, the Succession children, if you've seen that show, and just, like, the complexity of, do I like any of these kids? Do I want one of them over the other ones to take over the dad's, like, company? Like, they're all horrible people. Is there one better? Like, I just love the war um, of our emotions when we weigh things like that. And then, I guess, to throw it way back to Vampire Diaries, Stefan and Damon, like, who who is it, you know? And so... I love when characters when you when you wrestle with like is is Damon Salvatore a good guy or is he a bad guy. Um that's my favorite thing ever. So I wanted to really deep dive into what makes a character be- behave certain ways. Um and when we look at like atrocities or less popular choices, who do we blame? Is it the monster to blame or the person who created the monster or the system who created the monster which is not an easy question and i love books that make us like shift in our seat a bit beyond that i mean i really just wanted to write books with kissing so <laughs> that's how we got here
0: <laughs> you are speaking to my heart i mean yes. every single thing i was like checking yes thank you mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. one like everything sounds perfect you can't you can't put a better like trio of themes (laughs) and and kissing you just you can't get it
1: better than that always kissing and really swoony dancing too (laughs)
0: but yeah
1: and I love hearing you talk about your process because actually I noticed that you said with this book as well the image of a crown growing out of someone's head and you said something similar about your first book so it, it sounds like you almost have this picture form in your mind and then is that how it is for you? I'd love to hear more about that. It does, it does come to me that way. And I find that my writing tends to
2: be a bit cinematic because of that. I tend to write and imagine my scenes as movies. And so I do a lot of visual description in books, which isn't a style everybody loves, but we live in such a visual world and it's how I imagine stories. So I try to share that perspective with the reader a bit because it's, it's how my brain works.
0: That is so cool. And it's, like, I swear you're speaking to my heart because that's kind of how I came up with Sinner's Isle. It was this image of this girl being prepared for something that she had no control over. She didn't want. And then I just kind of went with it. Well, why? Who is she? Why is she here? And, um, you know, went from there. And and I love that. I love that so much. And, and using your brain to kind of just like, like, lay, let these scenes just unfold and, um, and I, you know, I think it makes for a, a fun, yeah, a fun book. And, um, yeah. so shoot, I am just so excited. I'm curse you, Net Galley, um, never- but it's okay.
2: <laughs> I am more powerful than the Net Galley gods, don't worry. <laughs> yes, You'll be fine.
0: yes, you are. Are you, yeah, <laughs> are you, like, so, uh, you are. In, I mean, it makes a
2: tiny fraction of. <laughs> Can you get are, you this one book.
0: Yes. And you are a goddess for it. Now when you okay, so you see it, do you plot out what's gonna come next or do you pants your way through? What's a glimpse into your process?
2: I like to say I'm a non-committal plotter. Um, I definitely outline. I outline intensely. Um <laughs> I have a very structured outline process my first, like my longest outline is kind of like a zero draft. It's about 30 pages. And I literally will kind of summarize every scene in detail. Sometimes I'll put strings of dialogue in there as well. If there are certain phrases that come to me or certain images that come to me. And I put that all together and it's sort of like a snapshot of what the story is, like a short version. And then I'll go and actually like flesh it out and start to build the story and build the atmosphere and all those things. But at that point, I think it's important to kind of let my characters come to life and so I find that if I need to lean into sort of how it feels in the moment or if my character is trying to force me to do something I don't want to do a lot of times I'll just go with it and see where I end up because you can always cut it later and I think that that's where some of my cooler moments in the story some of my favorite parts of the story come from those moments that I couldn't I couldn't foresee it it just kind of happened
1: I love it so much I may be skipping ahead a little but I see our time is ticking away quickly what do you think the hardest part of all of this has been for you?
2: Hmm. I mean, keeping my focus, probably keeping my focus on writing is the hardest part of being an author for me mm. um, with the pressures of having a social media presence and marketing and promoting our own books. Um, it could just be really hard to find the quietness needed to really let a story grow legs and mature to its best shape. It's a constant jungling act that I feel like I'm terrible at. I keep breaking things, <laughs> keep dropping balls because I'm still trying to refine how you do that. I think what it means to be an author has evolved so much over the last few decades. And so I'm sort of reconciling this idea that I want to tell stories. I don't necessarily want to be an influencer but or a public persona, but that kind of comes with the territory. The upside of that though, the most rewarding part of that, if I could say, would be meeting readers and seeing what my story means to someone. Um, that's incredibly precious to me each and every reader I get the opportunity to meet, I savor, especially because um, I just think it's an honor to be able to, like stories are not just, in my opinion, they're not just fun. They are, they can be very, very meaningful. They can teach you things about yourself. They can make you feel loved when you feel otherwise isolated. They can save your life. Like stories are powerful. And so it's an honor to be able to tell stories that connect to the hearts of people. And like they stories live with you, like the really, really favorite ones, they live with you like long after the last page. And I get to create that. So I don't know, I cherish it a lot. I'm also a Cancer, so I'm super like sentimental and emotional about everything. So I can't vary in my feelings about all of these things. Um, Also, I think it means a lot to me because I debuted in a pandemic. And my first and second books came out in a pandemic. And then my third book, Came out kind of on the tail end of things opening, things being closed, but it was still a little early for me to feel comfortable going out. So I did very like small school visits and that was kind of it. So I did not meet a reader of my debut novel until two and a half years after it came out. And I didn't realize I was parched for that experience until like she walked up to me and she held my book. And I could just see the excitement in her eyes. And like, of course I cried because I said I'm a cancer. I just started sobbing. And she was like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, 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 no. This is good. Happy tears. Like, I just, it was so overwhelming to think you just do this stuff at your computer, this labor of love. And you hope it means something to someone. And you get to see in their eyes that it does. And it's the best feeling ever.
0: Mm. That is so beautiful. I had chills just listening to you because it's so beautiful and you can feel your passion from here. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I want to ask one of our favorite questions, which is looking back at all you've accomplished, what advice would you give a younger version of yourself before you started this journey?
2: Oh man, believe it's possible. So I think that's the biggest thing. There's so much power in belief. I didn't conceive of being an author and I'm glad I now believe I can, um, most days, but I, I want every aspiring writer I meet, adults, kids, whoever, to believe they can do this, I think that's the
1: first step. Mm, so, that's... Tri- it's, yeah, it's really something over the years, I was not brought up with that mindset, really, and, like, doing kind of, like, a lot of meditation, and, like, the kind of art of manifesting, like, 10 years ago I would have been like oh it's so like that's not real you can't manifest things and now I'm just like no nope. you speak it and you make it happen and you and like there's so much power behind that behind belief and yeah I, I think it's very good advice actually You've got to be your own number one fan <laughs> that's
2: true and it's hard and it's a constant as I write book to myself and i'm like how do you write books again like what is this mess <laughs> um meanwhile you're seeing reviews and people like
0: it's scary it's scary you're like yeah i have done this somehow i don't know somehow. but yeah no if idea. you figure it out tell me because yeah. yeah i'm i'm trying to learn that myself okay <laughs> do you have any quotes that you live by um
2: okay so i don't know if it's a quote But my kid's principal actually um, would say this thing all the time to kids. I just overhear her saying it because I'm always up there just, you know, being sticking my nose in all my kids' school's business. (laughs) Um, And it just stuck in my head. She always says, um, we want to love people well. And I, I really, that resonated with me very deeply. Again, super sensitive cancer person here. But like every person I meet, like you guys, listeners to the podcast, people on social media, readers, like that I encounter at different events, like it's an opportunity to put a little bit more love in the world, as sappy as it sounds. And I just feel like the the world needs a lot of love and a lot of kindness. And so I think it stuck for me. It stuck with me, like love people well, because if I'm known for, if I'm known for nothing else on this earth, when I meet people or we encounter each other, I want to be known for that. Wow.
0: That is, what a beautiful reminder, <laughs> honestly.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a beautiful. big feelings Pisces, big feelings as well. So, all your emotions are transporting through. I'm like tearing up at everything right. today, and I agree. I wish yeah. I could hug you. I'm a hugger, <laughs> I'm a hugger. Well, I, yeah. I'm a
0: Scorpio, so I don't hug or have feelings, <laughs> but I feel things now. I'm feeling it okay. at the moment success. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you have a lot of big feelings for a Scorpio because we tear up at least once every episode.
0: That's true. That's true. This has been absolutely beautiful and amazing. And like you are everything I expected you to be and more. So thank you so much for just taking the time to talk with us about your amazing journey and, you know, let us get to know you even more. Um, We're just so excited for you. And I cannot wait to see you shine even more than you already are, because my God, you are shining bright. So thank you so much for joining us. Seriously.
2: Thank you so much. I will get you that arc. Thank you so much for being so flexible. Truly. I will never forget this interview. I've never been more of a mess and I felt so like (laughs) loved well by you guys. So thank you. So
1: anyway, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to have you on and I seriously feel my riding well is so full after talking to you. And I haven't been riding much recently because I've been moving. So you were the writer church my soul needed today. So thank you. <laughs> hey, I think I deserve
2: ice cream for that. I always can I always just find a reason to deserve ice cream. So I'm gonna I'm gonna treat yes, myself you to do. ice cream because yes
0: do it well Well, thank thank you you. so much again we're gonna get cut off any second so have it have your ice cream and your wine you deserve it
2: oh yes good idea Yes, I will be in touch with you Angela so I can get you the arc. thank you thank you of course thank you for wanting to read okay I hope you both have a wonderful week
1: you too thank you so much